My name's Todd Adams. <laughs> this is Kathy Adams. Zen Parenting Radio, and we are going to talk about a commencement speech given by an author who has now passed on. He actually took his own life, I don't know, in 2008, something like that. Uh-huh. And the guy's name is David Foster Wallace, and he's an amazing writer. He wrote a book called Infinite Jest, which was one of the top 100 novels of all time by Time Magazine. So anyways, he did a commencement speech, and they somebody put video to it, and it's a really inspiring, moving speech, and that's going to be the theme of our show. Well, interesting. Can I just say something before Please. you move on to the next thing? Sure. You're right. It is moving and inspiring, but not moving in the way that commencement speeches usually are moving. Exactly. I really encourage people. We have it on our Facebook page, and obviously it'll, um, you know, you could probably just Google it and look it up, but I encourage you to watch it because I think it has more truth than most commencement speeches It's a different direction for commencement speeches. Yeah, and very to us, very moving, and to probably people listening to the show, very moving, but in a very different way. And the name of it is called This Is Water, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if I mentioned that. So anyways, and if we get through that, we might talk about Star Wars, one of my favorite subjects. Okay, I like Star Wars. And at what age we should allow our kids to watch Star Wars, that one that came in 1977. Kind of subjective. True. And it's but, all so about we'll the have debate. a discussion about yeah. it, okay? Because I'm—I don't even know what I'm going to say. Oh, I do. Okay. Well, oh, I shouldn't say that. I know when our kids watched it, right. so that's what I'm going to comment on. And I know when I watched it. And I think I know when I watched it. Okay. So, and that, and maybe talk about Angelina Jolie and okay. her decision to have a double mastectomy. I don't really know. I just think it's a hot topic. I don't know how much we're going to offer, but well, know. why don't we offer three minutes on it right now? No, let's not. Let's focus on our main focus. Let's zero in. Okay, zero. Are you zeroing in with I'm me? I'm kind of, I'm a little tired. I took a nap today. I know you did. You should tell your Robin story. But before you do that, okay. are you going to tell your Robin sure, story? Sure, but okay. I don't have to do it now. Our first partner's Helping Hands, Maid Services. They got actually a pretty sweet deal going on. 25 bucks off if you mention Zen Parenting Radio. That's a great deal. Um, so buy it for yourself. Buy it for a friend. And they also, um, there's a lot of gift cards that go out this time of the year for teachers. Yes. And if you live in the western suburbs, this is a really good idea to gift to one of your teachers. Give the gift of time with a Helping Hands gift card, and it can be used for any cleaning service, house cleaning, carpet cleaning, 20% off for teachers' gifts through June 1st. Wow, that's a great gift. So um, they're helpinghandsmadeservices.com, 630-530-1324. Now. Tell me your Robin story. Okay, so I, t- I was outside today, beautiful day, and we have this new furniture along the side of our house, and so I can kind of be hidden from the world but still be outside, which is, like, ideal. So I fell asleep, which is not common, but we were yeah, up Yeah, you don't take late. naps during the day. Yeah, I don't, but I did because we were up late last night. And um, so anyway, and I could hear birds around me. You know when you're kind of in and out of sleep in a nap? Yes. It's, I, a, uh, it's a sweet spot. It's I love, wonderful. I love that in-between place. And just the fact that it's so nice out. It's not hot. It's not cold. It was like perfect. Anyway, I could hear birds around me and they were loud. The birds that wake us up every morning at 3.30 a.m. 3.30? Those, <laughs> those birds wake up early. I know, man. They are. And you got they, an eyelash. Oh, you can get it off. Got it. They, and they are, um, they're loud. But it's interesting. I was having deep thoughts about loudness of birds because they kind of blend into everything they they're harmonious with background not all noise. birds though yeah that's the, true the crows but like say not that so harmonious say that's that there was construction going on like man-made noise right it bothers bothers me. right well it's because these are robins and finches and cardinals yeah they sing well you know who doesn't sing well who the crows not the counting crows Craw! not Craw! the not the black crows uh-huh. not cheryl crow the regular crows 
That was my phone. That's Sorry weird. About and that. it made a bird noise. It did. How funny. I love the universe. It's so cool. Can we talk about your cell phone real quick? I changed. Did you hear? I know. I changed. Oh, so you the, did that on purpose? I did that on purpose. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, somebody messed with your settings. Uh, JC messed with all my settings, so my phone is making crazy it, like, noises. It makes a train noise when a text comes in, and it's just been weird. And you keep on saying, somebody's messed with my phone for like two and a half weeks, but you haven't done anything about it. I finally did. Finally I changed did. that. So anyway, the birds were harmonious. They were nice. Whatever. And then I kind of, I woke up to feeling something on my leg and I looked and there was a baby robin sitting on me. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it took me a while to acknowledge what was happening because it's so out of context. Like how often does a wild bird land on you? They're scared to death of you. So, but what was happening with this baby robin, and you saw him too, because I said, come out here and see him, is that he was on me and then he was probably there 30 seconds, which sounds like nothing, but is a lot. Mm -hmm. Like when you're actually staring at something for 30 seconds. And then he... Uh, flew over to the windowsill very poorly. You know, he's like, like he can barely fly because he's, he's a baby. He's figuring it out. He's figuring out how to fly. And so I came in and got the girls and Todd, and he was still on the windowsill. And then he tried to fly toward the car, and he banged into the he, car. He just bonked into it. He did. He, he was, was fine. fine. When I'm telling the story, please don't think he was hurt or had a broken wing or something. He, he was, was fine. figuring it out. And it's funny because Cameron wanted to chase after it because she was concerned it was hurt. Right. And we, we like, said, no. do you know how many times you fell when yes. you were first figuring out how to walk? Or ride a bike. or And that's what this bird was doing. And mommy was on uh, Mr. T's roof mm-hmm. watching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mom, you got to let them go fly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very metaphorical, you know. You've just got to let them go. They've got to figure it out. Can I tell a quick bird story? Sure. Um, and I think I've told you this. One time there was a bird and it was not doing well. It was walking around and it couldn't fly and there was a, a weird part of me that said, this thing is not going to fly. And I think it might be suffering, really injured and suffering. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the ability to do it because I'm a wimp or because I'm a ca- no. compassionate person. I think, yeah. Because I, I think if you grew up in the country or if you grew up around animals, which I didn't, you just take, take it out of its misery with a shovel or something like that, mm-hmm. like some horrible thing. And I relayed the story to my friend, Mike Ross. And he said, well, Todd, what did you do? Did you did you take it out of its suffering or did you let it go? And I said, I couldn't do anything. So I just let it go and I just hoped that it got okay. Got okay. I hope it got Ended better. Ended up being okay. And he's like, because what a lot of times what happens is birds will fly into panes of glass and they'll be stunned. And they're just fine, but they're just take, taking a while to figure it out. They're just wandering around in circles kind of. Well, think of it like it's like getting a concussion as an adult. So I have just kind of decided to believe that that's exactly what happened. Oh, I bet I bet that bird's just fine. Maybe they maybe that was the bird that had the babies. Yeah, there you go. Okay. That's, okay. So were you done with your baby bird yeah, story? Yeah, that's it. But it was really lovely. So how are we going to sum up this nine-minute video into a short period okay. of time? Okay, well, I can give it a shot. Do you want me to try Please. and give it a shot? Okay, so it's this commencement speech. And what's important about it is that what he decides to talk about is what nobody talks about. And what nobody talks to college, everybody talks to college students about the fact that, oh, go out there and live your dreams and blah, blah, blah. And we always say these things to them, but we never really tell them the truth about what it means to be an adult. Right. And what he, and this is going to start off sounding negative. Okay. But he starts off by explaining that when you become an adult, you start to understand the definition of day in, day out, which means you become, you almost begin to live in a monotonous existence. Yeah. 
you wake up. Most you... of us, in in a weird way, most of us do. Yeah. We wake up. We do a similar thing Monday through Friday. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wake. You set your alarm. You wake up. You take your shower. You do this. You go to this. You get your coffee. You go to work. You go to the meeting. Blah, 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 you come home. You watch TV. You go to bed. Yeah. And that every day is like that. Right. And that no one really talks about that. Right. Um. And it's interesting because if you look back over your years, you know, in school or college. Every day, there's some similarities, obviously, but every day is different. You're growing, you're changing, you're experiencing something new, you're going to a next level. Um, you're, you know, there's a lot of ebb and flow. Right. You know, you're watching Days of Our Lives in the middle of the day, one day, and the next day you're doing a huge presentation, and then you're doing an internship, and then you're going to Europe. Like, right. there, I never did that. Did you go to Europe? Well, as a professional, when I started working for JVI, but you I, didn't as a college student. No, not student. as a college student. But anyway, there's a lot of you. Do, your life is very. It's very full and rich. Yes. And then when you are an adult, or you know, when you're kind of in that different world, it becomes. Well, when you're in college, a lot of different things happen to all you all the time, and the in time. middle school, and in preschool, right. it's and all in, different. You're right. changing and growing. But when you get a job, then all of a sudden, right? You if you start to live kind of tedium, like mm-hmm. it's just the same thing over and over and he and I think that that just shines a huge light on us mm-hmm. that sometimes we forget how we live this this lifestyle of repetition yes and that we we are so anxious about controlling our lives that we even bring that into our weekends mm-hmm. where we'll be like Saturday is for the grocery store and Sunday is for this and so we we don't leave any room for play mm-hmm. we don't leave any room for unknown right we don't leave any room for uncertainty we just pack it full of structure right and while there's some i understand why people do that that gives them a sense of safety security checking things off their list but then it also zaps creativity right and it also sends us into an autopilot mode which is i think the really heart of his speech right because the autopilot mode is when we really think the world revolves around our needs and everyone else is just annoying. Well, and the story he tells is, you know, the monotony of going to the grocery store because you need to have something for dinner and then the checkout line is long and the traffic to get to the grocery store. And he kind of goes on all these annoying things that happen to you in life. And then somebody in the checkout line is just being a pain. So then you just energetically throw hatred at them and you just are mad and upset yeah. and everything else. And what he does is what I want to call a paradigm shift. He he says, can you look at these situations a little bit differently? Mm-hmm. So And just that he's, you know, look at them differently and that if he could offer any advice to these college students, it's to know that you always have a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I really like that because I think that's kind of what I, what I try to live by. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do. Sometimes you you just don't do it well, right. meaning sometimes you're just in such a state that you cannot make a different choice. But when you are in a checkout line and and someone in front of you is annoying and someone behind you is on the phone, you can either go to your autopilot response, which is be annoyed, think everyone else is disgusting and rude, and think about how the world is against you. Or you can open up a little bit and realize that the person behind you may have had the hardest day of their life and they're talking to their best friend. And the person in front of you who's struggling with the coupons only has enough money. Mm -hmm. I could cry. Mm -hmm. Only has enough money um, with the coupons. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the lady who's in front of you helped your brother-in-law who works, the woman happens to work at the DMV and she went out of her way the day before 
to help someone you love. Right. And you just don't know that you because don't know we that. don't have these stories on our faces. And, and at his point, he's like, are these things likely? Maybe no, not. They're not likely. But is it possible? Yes. And, and he tries to structure it in a way where believe it's possible and go through life with that attitude instead of looking for excuses to be angry. annoyed or angry yeah. and all that. Because I think the point he makes that is very valid is unfortunately because when we get lost in our monotony, we live on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So our autopilot response to everything is get out of my way right. and let me keep doing what I need to do. We think the world revolves around we, us. Exactly. So everybody needs to stop bothering me and and stop getting in my way and stop pulling in front of me in traffic and stop taking the last cart or whatever it may be as if everything is about us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because I wrote uh, a blog last week about the difference between happiness and joy. And one of the differences that I said is that happiness is when everything goes the way we planned. Right. Joy is when we understand that sometimes the things we, you know, the world is bigger than our immediate desires. Right. So sometimes things don't go the way we planned, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. And sometimes when things slow us down or when thing, when people are having experiences around us, they should be. Mm-hmm. It should be that way. It's okay. And it's not about them changing. It's about us becoming compassionate and patient and making a choice to see it differently. Right. And instead, we want to defend our point. Right. What we spend a lot of time doing is defending our need to be mad. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to let everybody know how annoying all these people are, and we like people to validate that. And once people validate that, that gives us the um, permission to keep doing it. Well, and I have a few examples that okay. I want to talk about, but I want to talk about our second partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic yeah. Care. They got something special going on. They got something special. Um, There's something called a foam roller therapy. Do you have any idea what that is? Well, I think it's um, Ashley from Fleet Feet is going to do it at Dr. Kelly's office. Um, I think it's like self-massage. Yes, and and I think that's exactly what it is. So, any and uh, it's basically a uh, the owner of the running store is coming to Dr. Kelly's office Uh to teach if you happen to be a runner or something like that. Foam roller therapy. It's a way to make sure that either prevent yourself from getting hurt or if you are hurt how to work it through. So it's on May 28th at 6.15, again, at Dr. Kelly's office. And she offers little things like this all the time, but this one's kind of cool. Right. So May 28th, 6.15. And then if you are interested in the chiropractic care, it's it's Mm chirotree.com. And their phone number is 630-941-8733. Okay. So here are my examples. Uh, And I may have shared this on the show before, but it is um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, our Mm -hmm. our one of our favorite Covey. authors, Stephen Covey, he told a story about how he was on a train one time and this man and all of his children got on the train and they were completely misbehaving and they were disrespectful and they were you know, hitting the newspapers out of people's hands and, and the father wasn't doing anything. Mm. So Covey's perception was... Bad father. What a horrible father. What mm-hmm. is this man doing? He's got no idea what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. And then as the ride went on, the father... Um, said to Covey, he's like, I'm sorry about 
my children, we actually just got back from the hospital and their mother had passed away. Mm. And it's felt so funny how you can look at the situation with one lens mm-hmm. and then hear one little bit of information and you go from angry to compassionate. Mm-hmm. Instantly. And, and nothing changed. The kids were still misbehaving. Mm-hmm. The kids were still doing all these horrible things. But yet you have a little bit of information and all of a sudden your heart just goes out to those people. Well, and let me take this to our own personal situation. You know, a lot of times in our our own families, we look at our children and they are crying or upset about something and our instant autopilot annoyance response is they're being a brat, they're a jerk, or as many people like to call them even more negative words than that. Um, And we look at our kids that way because we think that they're doing it because they're not getting their way and that they don't respect us and we become instantly offended and therefore it becomes us against them. And if we could really get in their brains and hearts and understand what's going on with our child, maybe they're not feeling seen, Mm -hmm. maybe they're not feeling heard, maybe someone hurt their feelings that morning, maybe they're afraid because of something that happened. And if we knew that information, we would treat the whole situation differently. Like... Um, today, I don't know how you felt about this, but we were um, eating lunch today, and uh, Skylar had a really hard time with her lunch, and she got very upset, and she started crying. Yeah. Um, and it, it is annoying when you're at lunch and when your kids is crying. Plus, and, I had you know, this really good burrito that was still hot, and I was ready to just jump all over hello. this burrito. I know. I'm with you. And she didn't know my plan was to really enjoy this burrito. How did she not know? Her plan was to upset me <laughs> and screw up my breakfast. That's right. And so when we think about it that way, like, I'm hungry. How can they do this? They're always crying. We create this story. And the thing is, is I I still don't know what upset her so much. But the way that I try and view it when I'm watching her, I try and watch, especially when you're managing her because you were kind of on with her today, I watch her kind of as an outsider. And she's this little girl crying. And she's so sad. Mm -hmm. And is it something about the soccer game this morning? Is it something about... You know, nobody heard me in the car. Well, at least I'm going to get something to eat. Oh, no, it's not something I want. And then you just lose it. Well, like you never know. You what's, don't know what's going what's on. What's going on. And, but and I think the details of the story are important. We get our food um, brought to us. She, um, it's smiley face, but instead of a smiley face on the pancakes with whipped cream, it's, it's smiley. It's jelly. It's jelly. So, first of all, the girl likes jelly. I know. But she wasn't expecting jelly on yes. her pancakes. Expectations So were what did dashed. I do? I took all the pieces that I saw with jelly, put them in my mouth, because I just kind of <laughs> eat whatever anybody's not going to eat. Right. And there was still a, a handful of pieces that had a little bit of jelly, and I it just... wasn't good enough. And she was getting really mad, and then she started making noise, and I just picked her up and removed took her, her from the right. situation. Yes, which was good. Which is what I should do. And I had a choice, because I sat with her outside on the bench, and... I was still kind of annoyed, but I could have lectured her saying, you know what, Skylar, I was really hungry, and you just screwed up my breakfast. Me, 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 me. Right. So, but, <laughs> but I didn't have the strength to, you know, be compassionate towards her in that moment either. So all I did was she laid on my chest. Right. Perfect. And she cried and cried and cried. And I said, um, after she calmed down a little bit, I said, in order for us to go back in, you're going to have to put your shoes on and... Um, then we can go back because the the restaurant was nice enough to make a new pancake right. without jelly. Well, and let me say this, you know, I, I just making the comment about that, you know, you're like, I wanted to, you know, you didn't really say that to her, but now I said, what I was thinking. me, 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 is that it's okay to put our needs in there. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that we should just be focused on whatever they want, whatever they get. That's not it. Because the truth was she didn't get what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Like she had to be removed from the situation and we weren't in a, we weren't going to 
allow her to interrupt other people's right. day and all that kind of stuff. We, you know, you removed her. Um, so there is a piece of understanding yourself and your needs, but there's also that piece of remembering that she's struggling with something too. Well, and, and if, if I would have came back at her with anger, yeah. If if I knew that that was going to help, I would have done it. Right. But that would not have helped the situation right. one bit. Right. She would have got more upset, or she would have calmed down out of spite and suppressed it, and it would have come out later on in the day. Right. So all I did was just let her cry. She laid on my chest, and she didn't end up going back in because Mm-mm. she couldn't put her shoes on Mm-mm. with enough time. And by then we were done eating. We were done. Yeah. So she didn't get her pancake. We brought it home. She ate it afterwards. But it would have been easy for us to okay. Let's wait another 15 minutes for this kid to eat the pancake. No, she missed her window. It's done. But We brought it home. But we don't make her feel bad about it, uh-uh. saying, sorry, that's you, you missed your window. That's, that's, your... That's, that's consequences, yeah. and, I don't, and that's natural consequences. That's not, I'm going to make this happen to you and make you feel shameful and guilty. That's, you missed right. it. And the, and the truth is, is she may choose, as a five-year-old, to do it again that way because mm-hmm. her maturity level is, is not high yet. Right. But she also may have learned something from the situation. But after you guys left the car, I turned around and asked her. I said, you were really upset about that jelly. And she said, I was. Like, it it could have just been, that's not what she wanted. You know, it's kind of like we always talk about it when someone brings you the... about the jelly. That's the weird thing. Like, that was the trigger. But it was maybe a bad night of sleep. For sure. Right. But the trigger is what threw... Because... But she, the, us parents usually react gotcha. to the trigger. You're right. And... It wasn't about the jelly. It takes a little... Yes. Because our, our logical brain says, you like jelly. Why don't you want jelly on these right. pancakes? And it wasn't about the jelly. She was pissed off about something that happened previous. Maybe it was a bad night of sleep. Maybe it was about nothing. She was just in a bad mood. But I think a lot of times us parents deal with the trigger oh yeah and the it's surface, not about that the, the surface. surface and so then we'll say that's ridiculous well i'm just not gonna buy you jelly anymore then. right and th- then we start to go into this really the game of i'm gonna be a child too yeah. and i'm gonna make you feel really crappy and i am going to hold this over your head for the rest of your life yeah and that's the way we feel better about it as if we're in control and really you're just being a child yeah and we have to be conscious of, you know, it's like you said, it's not easy to handle it in the moment. That's where the work really is, yeah. is in that moment. Maybe you say nothing and just hold her because you know you're not in that place. But I guess the point is, is bringing it back to this commencement speech is that's really the work of our lives. If I was going to make a, in a soap opera, the work of our lives. Like sands through, through the, the hourglass, hourglass so are the days of our lives. lives. This is McDonald Carey, and these are the days, or this is the days of our lives. These. These. Because there's more than one, right? Bo and Hope. I know. They were still on I'll there. take Bo and Hope over Luke and Laura any day. What about Jack and Jennifer? That was even, college. I don't even know who those clowns are. You know are. who Jack and Jennifer Jack are. Wagner? No, no, no. No, wasn't it Jack? Remember long blonde hair? Jen? She was... Are we talking about General Hospital? No, we're talking about Days of Our Lives. When we were in college, were you watching Days when we were in college? Jack, Jennifer Horton. Jennifer Horton and, and Jack. Jack, remember? what was Jack's last name? I can't remember, but they ended up getting married and having kids too. They they were still on a what while What about ago. Shane and Kimberly? You bloody whore, Kimberly. <laughs> you bloody whore. I don't even know if that's. I remember that's Shane, but Shane I don't Donovan. remember Kimberly. Kimberly Brady. She was Bo's older sister. Oh, yeah, the Brady. What about, what was, what was their sister? Shawnee D. Shawnee, oh, That's their the son. Kid. Yeah, and he grew like eight years in like <laughs> two months. Okay, back to off days of our lives. Okay, what I was going to talk about was um, the, uh, the work of our lives is to 
find is to notice when we're on autopilot because the truth is a lot of the times we are because we're just going through again the minutia of our day you know we're just we're going through from thing to thing to thing and we're and then we start to live that way and our relationships start to be autopilot where we're just instantly annoyed and then like I said the worst thing is um is the validation we get from other people it's okay to like to go to your friends and be like, oh, this so annoyed me and, you know, and to relate. But when we when we think that's truth, right. when we're like, yeah, you should tell that person off or, yeah, that person is a jerk versus, wow, you know, it's, I understand why you felt that way. I feel that way too. There's a difference between validation and making it Well, and this is my own work. Like I'm working with a coach right now and I worked with a coach and then I talked to you later on that day. We mm-hmm. drove to St. Charles uh-huh. and I was talking about anger mm-hmm. and he's kind of, one of my issues as if you listen to the show is I have uh, sometimes a hard time expressing emotions, mm-hmm. whether it's sadness, anger, joy, whatever. And uh, he was talking about, you know, how, how you know, anger is an important emotion, just like sadness or joy. But I said, I don't want to be angry. Mm-hmm. And this is the difference. Because I even talked to my friend Josh the next day, and he helped me with this also. Angry is, a healthy form of anger is saying, you know what? You just made me angry. You, But if, so let's say whatever, you did something to anger me. I don't, I, I have a hard time seeing the goodness of, telling of being angry towards you because i don't want to be angry towards you so the difference that i'm slowly understanding is next time i am angry i say calmly what you just did made me angry versus me screaming at you right we talked about this in the car did you say that yes okay because that i think that's a difference that a lot of people feel is because they maybe grew up with someone who is angry or because they watched anger somewhere in their lives, they're afraid of it, mm-hmm. and so they try to. Anytime and, they feel it, they numb it. And that is that is me. Yeah, because you're afraid that if you feel anger, you're going to go over the edge. Exactly. And there, there's a big difference between feeling anger and reacting because of the anger. Well, and then the other thing I want to throw in there, and I don't know if this is from you or Josh, but it was anger versus abuse. Anger is saying, Kathy, I'm angry at what you just did to me. Mm-hmm. Abuse is me screaming at you. That's right. abuse. That's verbal abuse. And that is, yeah, that's almost crossed the line from an emotion mm-hmm. to a response. Exactly. And see, that's a, that's the difference. It's like sadness is the same thing. People will say, well, I'm not going to be sad about that. And they somehow correlate sadness and depression. Mm-hmm. Like if you get sad, then you're just going to be sad all right. the time. You can have, and I was ta- we were talking about that in the car because I was saying when something touches me and, and tears come up, I just let them come out because mm-hmm. everyone in my family now knows that, or, you know, that if something, I just cry and then I'm done in what, a minute, Yeah, you know, and it's just the emotion came up, it came through, it came out, the energy's gone versus the emotion comes up, stuff, 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 stuff it down, mm-hmm. don't let it come out and then it has to become something else. Well, and as a dad, and I'm, I don't mean to think that everybody, every dad out there struggles with me, but I think it's more a male thing. Like we... The anger is yeah, fearful. Yeah. Well, and... To that point, our children are wonderful teachers for us because they don't have any filters. They don't have any coping mechanisms that are unhealthy, like suppressing it down. When it comes up, they let it out, mm-hmm. and then they feel better, like Skylar's pancakes thing. Right. She let it out, and she was fine afterwards. And here's what's interesting about that. That is our job with kids is not to tell them to not be angry, but to offer them tools of how to deal with that anger 
in a way where they can um, maintain relationships. Right. Because a lot of kids, like you said, because they don't have those tools or met that maturity level or that, you know, that level of thinking yet, when they do get angry, they do. They go straight to reaction. They have no space. Right. And so our job as parents is to say, anger's normal, 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 normal. I would be angry too if I were you. But we've got to find that space in between with taking a breath mm-hmm. or noticing it and saying out loud, I'm angry. There's something about saying words mm-hmm. where you say, I'm angry. The thing that stinks is in most people's families, not most, but in many people's families, when you say, I'm angry, someone will say, well, you shouldn't be mm-hmm. or you, you can't be. And that doesn't, that's, that's illogical. It is. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. But so many people and are feelings afraid of it. Feelings can't be wrong. What can be wrong is your response, your response to that to feeling. The, your response because of that feeling. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's good. All right. Well, I'm working on it. I know. I'm working on it. I know. And and that's... And we even... You know what we did in the car? What? We... I, I brought up a situation that actually wasn't even existing right now. It's it's old baggage that used old to anger. bother me that that is kind of ancient history. And that was kind of a safe way to talk through it with you. Uh-huh. Versus... Because I didn't have anything to be angry about in that moment. But I said, well, what about when this used to happen a few years ago? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a safe way to kind of work through it where you probably weren't as defensive as as you may have been if it was something that happened in that moment. Or, you know, there was less pressure in it. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I do. I agree. Yeah, it was good. I I liked... Not like that was by design. It just kind of came out. Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, it was a practice in in acknowledging it. And maybe, maybe it was more real than you think it is. Maybe you obviously, maybe you did need to say that, but you were pretending that it was something you didn't need to say. Yeah, I don't know. You know, like something that needed to come out. Anyway. So any summation of David Foster well, Wallace's commencement I want to say this. I want to say that the reason, that one of my belief systems is the reason that we're on autopilot all the time is because we're constantly trying to alleviate our anxiety. A lot of us carry a significant amount of anxiety, and the way that we feel that we're alleviating it is creating a to-do list and checking things off of it and being constantly productive, so that somehow alleviates our anxiety. And I think that's a misperception. Mm. I think that really what we're doing is we're perpetuating that anxiety and sometimes heightening it. Mm-hmm. And so we're just in a vicious cycle. We're in the we're in the the hamster wheel. Right. So we're constantly going around checking things off. I have to be busy. I have to be busy because that's the only way I can alleviate my anxiety. And the truth about, as I'll use uh, Brene Brown's language, wholehearted living or being a, um, a heart centered person, right. you know, which is what the Institute of Heart Math always focuses on, is you have to have creativity in your life you have to have downtime in your life you have to have play you have to have rest you have to have um surprises you have to have learning and growing you have to have some failures Mm -hmm. and you can't have that kind of certainty and if you are doing those things those all those things i just listed your anxiety will alleviate right because you will actually be living yeah versus trying to to create a, a you know structure where everything is certain and controlled because that's what we do because we're afraid and anxious well and i don't know how much this has to do with um what we're talking about but we watched the finale of the office this week yes and andy bernard had some pretty good words of wisdom in that how he was frustrated with himself because when he was working in the office at the office he would look back on his college days and the good old days the good old days and then he ended up i guess i didn't watch the office afterwards he ended up going back to Cornell. work at Cornell, and he kind of missed the days at the office. Right. And there's some really good line that he had in there saying, why do we always miss the good old days when they're happening right now? Yeah, why? Did, it, it, it was something like, why, didn't, why don't we 
why don't people tell us or why don't we know that we're in the good old days so we can enjoy the good old days? And that's where we are right now. All the time. All the time. All the time. And my example of that, which I told last night with uh, Noreen and Jer, was um, I remember cradling my infant daughter thinking about how much fun I used to have at college. Right. And now I have my my youngest is five years old. And I think, oh, remember the good old days when we used to like cradle, cradle those baby, little babies? Right. And then in five years from now, I'm going to think, remember when we used to all go to soccer on Saturday? I and know. So we're, we're in it right now. We're constantly in the good old days all the time. Mm. And, that, and the thing that we talked about last night, because some people will say, but no, college was this, college was great. I actually went back to my college three or four weeks ago. I had a ball. It was great. I loved being with my friends. But we romanticize what that time is, is about. We just remember the we good stuff. We remember the good stuff. We remember the funny stories. But the truth was there's a lot of stress. There was a lot of unknown. There was a lot of unhealthiness, at least, you know, in many aspects of my life. There was a lot of, um, you know, you didn't know who you were. It was very uncomfortable. And so we forget all that, and all we remember was that we had all the time of, you know, we could go to take whatever class we wanted, go out to eat, play, whatever. So we have a false sense of memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a false we memory. We have a selective memory. Selective. That's better because it's not really false because it's true that that happened. But, but why I say that I, you know, why I bring up that I went back and why that's relevant is just being there. I remembered yeah. what it was like. Brought and I back. thought, wow. I mean, I remembered all the good times too. And I experienced more good times while I was there. But I was like, wow, I was so unsure of myself when I was here. Yeah, I was so just trying my best to just figure out who I was. And that was not great. So, How were you unhealthy at college? Oh, gosh. My eating, my staying up late, drinking. Um, How was your sleep schedule? Oh my gosh, my sleeping. And Does anybody have a normal sleep schedule at college? I don't know. And it's funny though, because you it was definitely not normal, but you could, you did have the luxury of choosing to sleep till noon if you wanted certain days. But and that's I did. because you went to bed at six. Yes, true. Um, or I went to bed at six. You know, so you did have more choice, but even then you didn't think you had choice. You're like, I have to go to formal dinner. Mm-hmm. I have to do that. You know, you made... Every aspect of our life, we make up have-tos mm. or shoulds. There is no have-to. There is no have-to. I mean, like right now, our children who are in third grade are like, I have to, you know, go to this, you know, family fun night. I have to. I mean, and I'm not saying those things are important, but we put... There's a difference between saying they're important versus something that you have to do. What yeah. we have to do is we need to eat food and drink water and stay warm under a roof. And take care of ourselves and have relationships. That's but, what we have to do. Right. Everything else is choice that's right it's about choice and that's what this commencement speech is about. and we're going to share a movie clip about choice choice yeah and we'll do that in a second and just to my last summary is that is the whole gist of his commencement speech is the final concept or the concept that he's really trying to hone in on is when you go out and become an adult know that you can always choose about how you look at something you can always have an experience that may you may deem negative and it may feel negative but you can make a choice to look at it through different eyes and if you can go through life that way if you can go through life in a state of awe that you know instead of noticing everything in front of you in your like what is this called when you put your finger in your your tunnel vision that there's so much else going around you that Mm. there are you know and like i was thinking about you know that robin that landed on me yeah it's like I got kind of deep about it. You know, we think about, oh, we have this world and, and birds live in it. Mm-hmm. Those birds are like, this is our world and those humans live in it. Right. Like everybody's got their own world and right. we and we can choose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the first part of his um, commencement, sheep, con- commencement sheep? speech sheep? says, The most obvious, important realities are often the ones that are the hardest to see and talk about. 
So I think the gist behind that is we live in goodness all the, all time, the time or we can perceive the world as good if we choose to do so. Yet we get so bogged down with our day-to-day life. The reason that we often don't think the world is good is because we create a plan in our head about how things should go. Mm -hmm. And when they don't go that way or feel that way or look the way that we had planned in our brain, then we call it bad. Mm -hmm. And we don't have enough opening and enough, we don't have enough, um, what's the word, open-mindedness. There's another word I'm looking for. Expansiveness. To know that it's not all about what we create in our head. That a lot of life is is happening, and we're we are flowing with life rather than working against life and trying to make it a certain way. And it doesn't mean we don't plan, but it means we have to be accommodating. Sweetie, what, if, honey? If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Tell him your plans. Well, and there's there's such truth to that quote, you know. Um, speaking of quotes, we're going to do a quick movie quote, but the show's not over yet. But it's just uh, goes in with when, what we're talking well, about. Well, when we decided we were going to talk about choosing, we had to do this quote. Let's see if it works. I got a question. You guys know so much about women. How come here at like a gas and sip on a Saturday night, completely alone, drinking beers, no women anywhere? By choice, man. That's yeah, right, man. It's a conscious choice. It's a choice, man. Choosing to. I'm choosing it. I'm choosing it. Um, should we talk about Star Wars? What, are we not going to say what movie that's from? It's no, one of our pe- favorite people lines. People have to know what that's from. They shouldn't. If okay. they don't know, they have a problem, and we shouldn't help. Well, them. we should. I don't think a lot of people. We just love that line from that movie, but it's not a famous. I will line. bet you seventy-five percent of our audience knows exactly what that movie. Really? Is from. Do you think they know about the gas and sip and choosing it? I'm choosing it. I'm choosing it. Okay, go on. All right. So if you don't know what it is and you want to know, uh, send us a message on okay. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. All right, Star Wars. Um, oh, we're not going to launch into something else. Aren't we at 40 minutes already? Uh, let's see. Where are we? No, we're at 36 minutes. Oh, okay. When do you think kids should be able to watch Star Wars? Well, like I said, it's completely subjective. I'm not going to tell parents when to do it. I can only tell my own story. Okay. Which is that since my girls were very, very young, they've been hearing about Star Wars. Actually, when JC was one year old, our... Um, Christmas card was her as Princess Leia. Yeah. It's because you are a Star Wars geekoid. Geekoid? Freakoid. A fan. Sorry, that's a better way to say it. Back off, man. So you, and I love Star Wars too, but not to the extent you do. So my girls have been hearing about their whole life. We've had walking R2-D2s that walk around the house. Where is he, by the way? In the basement. He's like a little robot. He used to robot. Freak, uh, freak our kids out when, know. They were, when they were little. And we have Darth Vader's and everything. So they've always known these characters. So we basically made a choice that when the girls were five, they could watch it. And they were very prepped. Meaning they knew the storyline, they knew who everybody was, they knew that Darth Vader was evil. I when there was or certain, was he or was he? Once they got to see the next trilogy, mm-hmm. that was questioned. But the initial trilogy, um, so there was a lot of preparation. Now they still haven't seen Revenge or Return. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. I made a choice that that one's really dark, mm-hmm. and um, they want to see it. And I, I'm JC's probably fine and ready, but it just kind of fell off the. Yeah. The, the table of discussion but they haven't seen that one yet um but uh, the other ones we just went through them and skylar is five and i told her if she wants to watch star wars she can but she chooses care bears yeah um 
I saw it when I was five, and I remember the car that I was in when my dad took me over there, and it changed my life. I'm like, oh my God, this is the most amazing movie I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. I must I, have been six then, right? Yeah. And um, so my short answer is five, if your kid wants to see it, even though I think Darth Vader can give you some nightmares. Well, and that's the thing. Why it's subjective is you may have a kid, like I have friends who t- tell me about their children are afraid of certain commercials, or they're afraid of certain pictures, and if you've got a kid who's sensitive, no, mm-hmm. don't. And don't say, well... Other people did it at five, so I'm going to. You've got to understand your own child. Yeah. But if they have been... It was the same with Wizard of Oz. I let the girls watch Wizard of Oz flying fairly monkeys. early. It's always about the flying monkey. It is. It? Well, that's what everyone's afraid of. But I had shown them scenes on YouTube from it. They've been hearing about Wizard of Oz their you, whole you life, warmed too. Them I warmed to the them idea. up to it so they knew what to expect. And I think that, you, you know, instead of just deciding it's a certain age, you have to know your child and then and give them... A sense of um, what's that? Where you you give them some comfort with it yeah. before they just launch into something yeah. unknown. Yeah, I will launch into it unknown, not knowing what I was about to walk into. Yeah, look how I turned out. I know. We love it when people say, oh, "I turned out okay." I turned out okay because I watch TV every day after I school. I watched Animal House too. You know, my dad took me to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. I had no Ooh. idea what it was, and he just said, "Do you want to go to a movie?" And I said, "Sure." And I remember being, my dad took me to Bond movies and stuff. I was always kind of like, "Eh." Right. But I remember being like, "That was the greatest movie I have ever seen." Pretty exciting. What about oh my when gosh. his face melts at the end? Though that scared me. But I just remember the first scene, the whole Boulder scene, and that was just the beginning. Yeah. That was like the first five, ten minutes and i remember being like this is so good i didn't know who harrison ford was i didn't make the connection to star wars i did i it took me a while to kind of figure out who all these people were Mm, interesting yeah so anyway um all right well i think we're kind of done okay um we want to do a tv show oh first we want to promote your books okay you've written two books Uh uh-huh and they're both um awesome thank you self-aware parent part one and part two and they're basically very short stories about how you have learned from your children and you write about it yeah and just about experiences in our life where we can kind of become more choice oriented and where would you find that book well you can go to my website kathycadams.com or you can go to amazon.com and um, purchase them there they're less expensive on my website kathycadams.com and we'll ship them to you that's right and I've been sending pens lately with uh, the books that have been ordered you have I've been sending bookmarks business cards and pens with it so you get a little treat yes a little something extra special. Then parenting radio pen. And then are we going to do this TV show Nah, let's not. No? We'll do it next week. Um, And then last but not least is our awesome partner, Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Their phone number is 630-956-1800. Jeremy Kraft is the owner and a good friend of ours. And He's going to build us a deck. And he's going to build us a deck. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. Um, he's actually really busy right now, which is a good thing, but uh, he's still taking new business on. Always. But, so give him a call, 630-956-1800. Um, and then lastly, when we post the show, we like it when you like it, but we love it when you... Share it. That's right. There Five people shared it last time. Or, or did you do all that sharing? Oh, I, I did most of the sharing, but a few people did share it, and I sent them pens. But um, the pens are bulky, so it requires five stamps. Yeah. So we might... Okay, so if you listened last week, Todd wanted to put it through the mail with one stamp, and I suggested putting one more stamp, and then he said no, and it turns out it's five stamps. Even though it's light, I don't understand the post office. I think it's, like you said, the bulky factor. Yes. So anyways, but we would we love it when you share it, and, or give us a review. Yeah. So, um, on iTunes. Reviews on iTunes. on iTunes really help. That boosts our... our uh, what's listenership? Vis- our listenership, and our people can see us more easy on iTunes when you put a review. So please do that, and um, I 
That's all I got, that's, I guess. That's it, man. Have a great week. And if you have any topics you want us to talk about... Message us. Give us a message or comments at zenparentingradio.com. And just have a terrific week. And when you're in situations that are frustrating, try and see it through a different lens. Choose differently. And keep trucking. Keep on trucking. Thank you.